Chapter number 21 of Volume 1 of The Mysterious Island. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by John T. Coos. The Mysterious Island by Jules Verne. Translated by William Henry Giles Kingston. Volume number 1, Chapter 21. From this time, Pencroft did not let a single day pass without going to visit what he gravely called his cornfield. And woe to the insects which dared to venture there. No mercy was shown them. Toward the end of the month of June, after incessant rain, the weather became decidedly colder, and on the twenty-ninth a Fahrenheit thermometer would certainly have announced only twenty degrees above zero. That is considerably below the freezing point. The next day, the 30th of June, the day which corresponds to the 31st of December in the northern year, was the Friday. Neb remarked that the year finished on a bad day. But Pencroft replied that naturally the next would begin on a good one which was better at any rate it commenced by severe cold ice accumulated at the mouth of the mercy and it was not long before the whole expanse of the lake was frozen the settlers had frequently been obliged to renew their store of wood pencroft also had wisely not waited till the river was frozen but had brought enormous rafts of wood to their destination. The current was an indefatigable moving power, and it was employed in conveying the floating wood to the moments when the frost enchained it. To the fuel, which was so abundantly supplied by the forest, they added several cartloads of coal, which had to be brought from the foot of the spurs of mount franklin the powerful heat of the coal was greatly appreciated in the low temperature which on the fourth of july fell to eight degrees of fahrenheit that is thirteen degrees below zero a second fireplace had been established in the dining-room where they all worked together at their different avocations during this period of cold cyrus harding had great cause to congratulate himself on having brought to granite house the little stream of water from lake grant taken below the frozen surface and conducted through the passage it preserved its fluidity and arrived at an interior reservoir which had been hollowed out at the back part of the storeroom while the overflow ran through the well to the sea about this time the weather being extremely dry the colonists clothed as warmly as possible resolved to devote a day to the exploration of that part of the island between the mercy and claw cape it was a wide extent of marshy land and they would probably find good sport for water birds ought to swarm there 
they reckoned that it would be about eight or nine miles to go there and as much to return so that the whole of the day would be occupied as an unknown part of the island was about to be explored the whole colony took part in the expedition accordingly on the fifth of july at six o'clock in the morning when day had scarcely broken cyrus harding gideon spilett herbert neb and pencroft armed with spears snares bows and arrows and provided with provisions left granite house preceded by top who bounded before them their shortest way was to cross the mercy on the ice which then covered it but as the engineer justly observed that could not take the place of a regular bridge so the construction of a regular bridge was noted in the list of future works it was the first time that the settlers had set foot on the right bank of the mercy and ventured into the midst of those gigantic and superb coniferae now sprinkled over with snow but they had not gone half a mile when from a thicket a whole family of quadrupeds who had made a home there disturbed by top rushed forth into the open country ah i should say those are foxes cried herbert when he saw the troop rapidly decamping they were foxes but of a very large size who uttered a sort of barking at which top seemed to be very much astonished for he stopped short in the chase and gave the swift animals time to disappear the dog had reason to be surprised as he did not know natural history but by their barking these foxes with reddish-gray hair black tails terminating in a white tuft had betrayed their origin so herbert was able without hesitating to give them their real name of arctic foxes they are frequently met with in chile in the falkland islands and in all parts of america traversed by the thirtieth and fortieth parallels herbert much regretted that top had not been able to catch one of these carnivora are they good to eat asked pencroft who only regarded the representatives of the fauna in the island from one special point of view no replied herbert but zoologists have not yet found out if the eye of these foxes is diurnal or nocturnal or whether it is correct to class them in the genus dog properly so called harding could not help smiling on hearing the lad's reflection which showed a thoughtful mind as to the sailor from the moment when he found that the foxes were not classed in the genus eatable they were nothing to him however when a poultry yard was established at granite house he observed that it would be best to take some precautions against a probable visit from these four-legged plunderers and no one disputed this after having turned the point the settlers saw a long beach washed by the open sea 
It was then eight o'clock in the morning. The sky was very clear, as it often is after prolonged cold, but warmed by their walk, neither Harding nor his companions felt the sharpness of the atmosphere too severely. Besides, there was no wind, which made it much more bearable. A brilliant sun, but without any calorific action, was just issuing from the ocean. The sea was as tranquil and blue as that of a Mediterranean gulf, when the sky is clear. Claw Cape, bent in the form of a yatagin, tapered away nearly four miles to the southeast. To the left, the edge of the marsh was abruptly ended by a little point. Certainly, in this part of Union Bay, which nothing sheltered from the open sea, not even a sandbank, ships beaten by the east winds would have found no shelter. They perceived by the tranquillity of the sea, in which no shallows troubled the waters, by its uniform color, which was stained by no yellow shades, by the absence of even a reef, that the coast was steep, and that the ocean there covered a deep abyss. Behind, in the west, but at a distance of four miles, rose the first trees of the forests of the far west. They might have believed themselves to be on the desolate coast of some island in the Antarctic regions, which the ice had invaded. The colonists halted at this place for breakfast. A fire of brushwood and dried seaweed was lighted, and Neb prepared the breakfast of cold meat, to which he added some cups of Oswego tea. While eating, they looked around them. This part of Lincoln Island was very sterile, and contrasted with all the western part. The reporter was thus led to observe that if chance had thrown them at first on the shore, they would have had but a deplorable idea of their future domain. I believe that we should not have been able to reach it, replied the engineer, for the sea is deep, and there is not a rock on which we could have taken refuge. Before Granite House, at least, there were sandbanks, an islet, which multiplied our chances of safety. Here, nothing but the depths. It is singular enough, remarked Spilett, that this comparatively small island should present such varied ground. This diversity of aspect logically only belongs to continents of a certain extent. One would really say that the western part of Lincoln Island, so rich and so fertile, is washed by the warm waters of the Gulf of Mexico, and that its shores, to the north and the southeast, extend over a sort of Arctic sea. You are right, my dear Spilett, replied Cyrus Harding. I have also observed this. I think the form and also the nature of this island strange. It is a summary of all the aspects which a continent presents, and I should not be surprised if it was a continent formerly. What? A continent in the middle of the Pacific? cried Pencroft. 
why not replied cyrus harding why should not australia new ireland australasia united to the archipelagos of the pacific have once formed a sixth part of the world as important as europe or asia as africa or the two americas to my mind it is quite possible that all these islands emerging from this vast ocean are but the summits of a continent now submerged but which was above the waters at a prehistoric period as the atlantis was formerly replied herbert yes my boy if however it existed and would lincoln island have been a part of that continent asked pencroft it is probable replied cyrus harding and that would sufficiently explain the variety of productions which are seen on its surface and the great number of animals which still inhabit it added herbert yes my boy replied the engineer and you furnish me with an argument to support my theory it is certain after what we have seen that animals are numerous in this island and what is more strange that the species are extremely varied there is a reason for that and to me it is that lincoln island may have formerly been a part of some vast continent which had gradually sunk below the pacific then some fine day said pencroft who did not appear to be entirely convinced the rest of this ancient continent may disappear in its turn and there will be nothing between america and asia yes replied harding there will be new continents which millions and millions of animalculae are building at this moment and what are these masons asked pencroft coral insects replied cyrus harding by constant work they made the island of clermont tonnerre and numerous other coral islands in the pacific ocean forty-seven million of these insects are needed to weigh a grain and yet with the sea salt they absorb the solid elements of water which they assimilate these animalculae produce limestone and this limestone forms enormous submarine erections of which the hardness and solidity equal granite formerly at the first periods of creation nature employing fire heaved up the land but now she entrusts to these microscopic creatures the task of replacing this agent of which the dynamic power in the interior of the globe has evidently diminished which is proved by the number of volcanoes on the surface of the earth now actually extinct and i believe that centuries succeeding to centuries and insects to insects this pacific may one day be changed into a vast continent which new generations will inhabit and civilize in their turn that will take a long time said pencroft nature has time for it replied the engineer but what would be the use of new continents asked herbert it appears to me that the present extent of habitable countries is sufficient for humanity yet nature does nothing uselessly 
nothing uselessly certainly replied the engineer but this is how the necessity of new continents for their future and exactly on the tropical zone occupied by the coral islands may be explained at least to me this explanation appears plausible we are listening captain said herbert this is my idea philosophers generally admit that some day our globe will end or rather that animal and vegetable life will no longer be possible because of the intense cold to which it will be subjected what they are not agreed upon is the cause of this cold some think that it will arise from the falling of the temperature which the sun will experience after millions of years others from the gradual extinction of the fires in the interior of our globe which have a greater influence on it than is generally supposed i hold to this last hypothesis grounding it on the fact that the moon is really a cold star which is no longer habitable although the sun continues to throw on its surface the same amount of heat if then the moon has become cold it is because the interior fires to which as do all the stars of the stellar world it owes its origin are completely extinct lastly whatever may be the cause our globe will become cold some day but this cold will only operate gradually what will happen then the temperate zones at a more or less distant period will not be more habitable than the polar regions now are then the population of men as well as the animals will flow towards the latitudes which are more directly under the solar influence an immense emigration will take place europe central asia north america will gradually be abandoned as well as australasia and the lower parts of south america the vegetation will follow the human emigration the flora will retreat towards the equator at the same time as the fauna the central parts of south america and africa will be the continents chiefly inhabited the laplanders and the samoides will find the climate of the polar regions on the shores of the mediterranean who can say that at this period the equatorial regions will not be too small to contain and nourish terrestrial humanity now may not provident nature so as to give refuge to all the vegetable and animal emigration be at present laying the foundation of a new continent under the equator and may she not have entrusted these insects with the construction of it i have often thought of all these things my friends and i seriously believe that the aspect of our globe will some day be completely changed that by the raising of new continents the sea will cover the old and that in future ages a columbus will go to discover the islands of chimborazo of the himalayas or of mont blanc remains of a submerged america asia and europe then these new continents will become in their turn uninhabitable 
heat will die away as does the heat from a body when the soul has left it and life will disappear from the globe if not forever at least for a period perhaps then our spheroid will rest will be left to death to revive some day under superior conditions but all that my friends is the secret of the author of all things and beginning by the work of the insects i have perhaps let myself be carried too far in investigating the secrets of the future my dear cyrus replied spilett these theories are prophecies to me and they will be accomplished some day that is the secret of god said the engineer all that is well and good then said pencroft who had listened with all his might but will you tell me captain if lincoln island has been made by your insects no replied harding it is of a purely volcanic origin then it will disappear some day that is probable i hope we won't be here then no don't be uneasy pencroft we shall not be here then as we have no wish to die here and hope to get away some time in the meantime replied gideon spilett let us establish ourselves here as if forever there is no use in doing things by halves this ended the conversation breakfast was finished the exploration was continued and the settlers arrived at the border of the marshy region it was a marsh of which the extent to the rounded coast which terminated the island at the southeast was about twenty square miles the soil was formed of clayey flint earth mingled with vegetable matter such as the remains of rushes reeds grass etc here and there beds of grass thick as a carpet covered it in many places icy pools sparkled in the sun neither rain nor any river increased by a sudden swelling could supply these ponds they therefore naturally concluded that the marsh was fed by the infiltrations of the soil and it was really so it was also to be feared that during the heat miasmas would arise which might produce fevers above the aquatic plants on the surface of the stagnant water fluttered numbers of birds wild duck teal snipe lived there in flocks and those fearless birds allowed themselves to be easily approached one shot from a gun would certainly have brought down some dozen of the birds they were so close together the explorers were however obliged to content themselves with bows and arrows the result was less but the silent arrow had the advantage of not frightening the birds while the noise of firearms would have dispersed them to all parts of the marsh the hunters were satisfied for this time with a dozen ducks which had white bodies with a band of cinnamon a green head wings black white and red and a flattened beak herbert called them tadorns top helped in the capture of these birds whose name was given to this marshy part of the island 
the settlers had here an abundant reserve of aquatic game at some future time they meant to explore it more carefully and it was probable that some of the birds there might be domesticated or at least brought to the shores of the lake so that they would be more within their reach about five o'clock in the evening cyrus harding and his companions retraced their steps to their dwelling by traversing tadorn's fens and crossed the mercy on the ice bridge at eight in the evening they all entered granite house end of chapter twenty one recording by john t coos www.validateyourlife.com